You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Uh, there are There has been some insistence that I ought to offer that I also cover the NBA for Dime Magazine, which is true. I was at Game 1 and Game 2 in Milwaukee. Uh, the, unfortunately, the Bucks lost last night to the Raptors. And uh, they're still up 2-1. I still think they're going to win in 5, max 6. That's not the important part here. Uh, but you should listen to Locked on Bucks because they do a great job. I, I got a chance to uh, to talk to Eric, one of the hosts of that show, at the game. And, and he's there covering the team. So that was a cool experience. But go check out Locked on Bucks. Uh, they're playing right now. And they are competing for an NBA Finals and so it's not just about supporting the team. It's about supporting the show that covers that team. I also want to let you know today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friends' trips. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. We have an incredibly busy schedule over the next week or two because we have Jeff Zarebek from The Athletic he is here today to talk about Zadarius Smith. I have been promising that show for quite literally weeks, uh, months even, and he's finally here to talk about Zadarius Smith. And And there are some interesting things in uh, this conversation that that are newsworthy to me and, and that I think that you're going to learn from. So really excited to share that conversation with you. Uh, yeah, I was, obviously, it was pre-recorded, so I know what's in it already. Uh, we've already done it. So <laughs> I'm in the envious position of knowing what Jeff said already. But we have a lot more coming because we have the Rashawn Gary rookie orientation also coming this week with the Michigan football defensive coordinator, Don Brown. As part of the show, he was he was uh, gracious enough to come on. And, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that he coached Rashawn Gary and there's going to be this built-in you know advantage for him but there's also going to be potentially a built-in bias and I think we all we all have to understand that when we're when we're digesting the things that he says but at the same time I think it's it's important because his perspective you know he is he is not someone who's going to BS you and Jim Harbaugh the same way we talked about this at the time of the Rashawn Gary pick these guys if if Rashawn Gary just like was a dick or was a bum or, you know, whatever. I, I, I truly believe they would say, look, you know, here's the caveats. Here's all the excuses that we can make. Here's all of the, the, the we're going to damn him with faint praise. 
this is how this works. And, and this is, there's, a, there's tricks that employers use when they get calls from references and, and they say, they don't say anything bad necessarily, but they, there's tells and that are, th- those tells are understood. I just don't think that that you're going to get that in this interview. I don't think you're going to get that in that conversation. I think what Don Brown is going to provide is an incredibly uh, insightful perspective on Rashawn Gary, someone who has quite literally coached him, who knows him, who has been a part of his life for the last three years. And that is a, a meaningful set of experiences that can offer tremendous insight into the player the person, the teammate that Rashawn Gary is. And that was something that, you know, I was anxious to talk to him about was what is Rashawn Gary like as a person? What is he like as a leader? What is he like as a worker? What is he like as a, a football intelligence person? Because look, I've watched the tape. I've, I mean, I've, I've watched him play and I've done the, the legwork there. I, I need the other information and I want to be able to convey that information to you today, though, this conversation is not about Rashawn Gary. It's about Zadarius Smith, and you know this is something that that is uh, a crucial part of the offseason for the Packers because the Packers handed out a pretty sizable contract to Zadarius Smith. That's not a secret, and it's going to take a lot to get Zadarius Smith to live up to that contract. He can, and I really do believe that he can. Uh, but it is also the case that Baltimore felt like he was not worth paying the money that Green Bay paid him. I think it is also the case that the NFL as a whole was not prepared to match the amount of money that, that Green Bay paid Zadarius Smith. But there are connections here, and you're going to hear them. Uh, the the anecdote that There is an anecdote in this conversation from Dean Pease. Well, it's from from Jeff via Dean Pease, who was the defensive coordinator in Baltimore when Zadarius Smith was drafted. He was also the defensive coordinator in Tennessee when Matt LaFleur was the offensive coordinator. There are a ton of connections between the Green Bay powers that be and Zadarius Smith. So I don't think anyone should be surprised that the Packers valued him and felt like he was worth the money that they paid him. It's going to take a lot for him to live up to that contract. That's not to say that he can't or that he is, you know, overpaid. We don't know. Until he plays, until we see him play, we we can't say for sure. Now, you know, it would help to know who the Packers were bidding against and and for how much. But, you know, I, I think the market was bigger than people thought because Zadarius Smith is not a household name in the way that uh, you know, Jadavion Clowney is, or that Frank Clark was, or that D Ford were, and they're in their, you know, off-season storylines. And so you hear, oh, the Packers gave all this money to Zadarius Smith, and he's never even been a preferred starter. And you go, wait, what? I think you know there there is certainly a case to be made here. We talked about the pressure rate numbers and how effective he was the last couple years. You know, Zadarius Smith is a good player. The question is, can he be a great player? Can he be an impact number one pass rusher on a really good defense? That's the question that we just don't have answers to. And Green Bay paid him like they think that he can be that guy. 
if he turns out to be that guy, no one's going to complain about the contract. Before we get to Jeff, I want to tell you that today's show was brought to you by Untucket. Dads come in all shapes and sizes, and so should their shirts, like tall, short, slim, and relaxed. Ever wonder why your father's button-up looks so long and baggy at the end of the day? It can be hard for guys to pull off a full, casual, untucked look that isn't sloppy. That's where Untucket comes in. Untucket is the solution that fits just right. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com with the promo code locked on to get 20% off. All right, let's get to Jeff Zarebic. He is a senior staff writer for The Athletic Baltimore. If you want to subscribe to The Athletic, not only do you get The Athletic Baltimore, you get The Athletic Wisconsin, you get all The Athletic Nationals, you get everything at The Athletic. So you should definitely check that out. Follow him on Twitter at Jeff Zarebic. It's Z-R-E-B-I-E-C. Jeff, thanks for coming back on Locked on Packers. No problem. Thanks for having me. So when the Packers offered a pretty massive contract to Zadarius Smith. I think it was a shock to a lot of people because he was not a name that I think the average NFL fan was really that aware of and certainly not the biggest name on the on the Baltimore defense uh, that has some big name players on it. When did when did you first become aware of of Zadarius Smith and and the kind of impact that he was having on Baltimore's defense? Yeah, I, well, first of all, I agree with you. I, I, that number, I don't think, you know, it was right about at the uh, scouting combine where you start to talk mm-hmm. to different agents and different teams and, and, and they start mentioning, you know, Darius Smith could get double-digit uh, money a year. And so, I, you know, the, the last I heard is, wow, he could get up to $10, $12 million a year. And to see where he wound up was uh, stunning. Uh, but good for, for him. Uh, he... Um, you know, he improved steadily throughout. Um, I think he saw uh, the ability uh, right away. Uh, he made an impact uh, uh, as a rookie uh, in Baltimore on a, on a defense that had a lot of veteran pass rushers. Um, you could tell uh, he reminded a lot of people of Pernell McPhee in the past, who's a guy that made an impact, uh, you know, a little bit as a rookie, steadily got better and, and got more plum time and wound up cashing out too um and and you know Zadarius sort of came up with that um you know came out in a similar mold but it wasn't until this this year uh where he clearly took the next step into a guy that you know what could you thought you know he'd help a team you know he's aggressive he can get to the quarterback he's physical uh he's versatile um, but this year is where he stood out and he says, wow, he's kind of come into his own as a, you know, a bookend type pass rusher that's going to get paid a lot of money. Yeah. And, and I want to talk about that breakout season because, you know, he had five and a half sacks as a rookie, but then just one, three and a half, and then had eight and a half last year. But it was also the first time that he had started any really significant number of games started eight last season. You mentioned the the you know the improvement and putting it all together was was last year and the and the numbers really more about getting opportunities or or was it more about the improvement that he made or some combination of the two? Yeah, I think it's about it's a combination of the two, um, and I, I think you also have to uh, pray. You know, the the Ravens used him well. I mean, he got a lot of his uh, 
sacks, a good portion of his sacks off pressures this past year. They they found matchups for him uh, a lot. They used him inside a good bit, and he benefited from matchups with guards. Um, you know, so that was part of it too. But uh, you know, he came to camp looking like a different player. You know, you never know how someone's going to react in their contract year. Uh, you know, they're going to put too much pressure on themselves and. and uh, you know, be a little bit selfish and and go out on their own and, and not see the results. We've seen plenty of cases of that. Uh, then we've seen other players elevate their game in a contract year, sort of smell it and uh, have it all come together. And, and you know, the latter is obviously what happened with Darius. Uh, he just looked motivated, focused, um, you know, and, and, you know, he played with, he plays with such aggression. He's such a physical, athletic guy. You know, I was I was at a celebrity basketball game here uh, a month and a half, two months ago with, you know, Torrey Smith, former Raven receiver. And, you know, Zadarius is out there on the basketball court and, you know, just looking at him, just like, what a specimen. He's just a specimen. And <laughs> it sort of all came together uh, for him, um, you know, in a combination. Uh, I think he avoided some of the nagging issues that probably hurt him in his uh you know, second and third year, uh, some of the injuries that he had, nothing major, but stuff that maybe prevents you being at full strength. And, uh, uh, you know, he earned a trust uh, with the coaching staff and uh, the Ravens were at their best uh, this past year when he was on the field. So uh, he earned those snaps and and he produced, uh, you know, so I think it was a combination of everything. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the inside part of it, the, the violence that he can play with the aggression it does seem like his best position as a pass rusher is inside, whether it's standing up or, or with his hand in the dirt. Is that is that accurate, do you think? Yeah, I think he's best. Yeah, I think he's, he can do both. And I, and I think moving him around is the best part of it. But uh, sometimes with some of these guys, whether it's stunts or just where they're lining up, uh, you know, some of these guards have a hard time dealing with, uh, you know, pass rushers of that physicality and speed and aggressiveness. And uh, as I said, he got some good matchups, too. Um, you know, they had Terrell Suggs and uh, Matt Judon on the outside. And, and you know, they their best, uh, you know, their best alignment there, the one where they got the most pressure was moving Zadarius inside and, and, you know, rushing Suggs and Judon on the outside. But, uh, you know, Judon, or excuse me, uh, Zadarius showed he's plenty capable of uh, beating tackles, too. So I don't want to, you know, limit him there. But, yeah, I, I think uh, he's best moving him around and, and uh, allowing kind of him to use his talents. But uh, it can be a mismatch when he's inside with guards, that's for sure. One of his best games, probably the best game, uh, at least that I watched when I went back and watched some of him last year, was against Tennessee, against Matt LaFleur, who's now the coach in Green Bay. It's hard not to think that, you know, LaFleur, after watching his team just get sort of eaten alive by Zadarius Smith, yeah. not think, hey, that's a guy we should we should really have on our team. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it made perfect sense, and that was sort of where it all came together. Um, you know, for the, that was just a feeding frenzy. And, and um, you know, it got to the point where Mariota looked like he wasn't even looking downfield anymore. He just knew he was going to get hit, and he just kind of, uh, you know, assume the position for lack of better word and was stuck in his head. It was getting to him. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, Zedarius had a great game and I think he was, you know, the defensive coordinator of the Titans is Dean Pease and Dean Pease was the Ravens longtime defensive coordinator. And Dean Pease was the guy who at Kentucky's pro day 
went up to Zadarius Smith and said, look, uh, you're a Raven. We're going to make you a Raven. You play just like him. And, uh, you know, Dean and Zadarius were very close. And, and I think uh, Zadarius was sort of motivated with uh, Dean Pease being on the other side there, uh, you know, and, and respectfully motivated, not like Dean Pease ever jilted Zadarius Smith, but Dean Pease was sort of the guy that that kind of got Zadarius started in Baltimore. And, um, yeah, he, he was unbelievable that game. And there was other times, you know, you know, three of his eight and a half sacks came in the game. So, uh, you know, I, I think what the Packers are going to have to figure out and make sure of and why there, you know, there's a, there's some risk there is, you know, that's five and a half sacks in the other 15 games during the season, which isn't anything kind of special. But uh, I think when you watch the Darius Smith and you see how he plays, you realize he can impact the game, uh, even if he doesn't have sack numbers there. And you also realize that he looks an awful lot like an ascending player who's just coming into his own is only going to get better. And then that game kind of was the, the springboard for all that. That that Dean Pease anecdote is is really fascinating because there was a lot of speculation after the contract was signed in Green Bay that Milt Hendrickson, who came over to join the Brian Gutekind's front office, who was you know part of the draft room that drafted Zadarius Smith, that you know was it the the pre-draft evaluation and and potentially you know the sign off from from Coach Pease to say this is our guy. That, that helped instigate the Packers to make a move like this? Yeah, I'm sure it's all related. You know, it always helps to have a guy who's been in another organization and, and who was there when he, you know, in, in Milt's case, who was there when, when the player was drafted into that organization, who has sat through all those meetings where they discuss a player's strengths and weaknesses and knows the player and has done all that homework, that can only help. I mean, um, you know, but I think we, we, uh, we, as you guys well know a lot more than I do, but I think we all saw this off season what the Packers are prioritizing in terms of an ability to get to the quarterback. So uh, yeah. he made a lot of sense from day one. And then when you, you know, then when you put together the kind of the insider knowledge I'm sure that Milt provided, that gives you a little bit more of a comfort level uh, to take that plunge because, uh, as, as we discussed earlier, that's a huge deal uh, for a guy with 18 and a half career sacks. Yeah, no question. I, I want to ask about Zadarius Smith, the guy, because he plays mm. with that ferocity but seems like a pretty mild-mannered guy off the field, seems like he's well-liked by teammates. What is your impression of of you know the, the kind of guy that he is in the locker room and, and all that kind of – as a teammate, that kind of thing? Yeah, he, yeah, that's a pretty good read on him, but he's – He's a he's a kind of a cut-up. You know, he likes to have a good time. He jokes around and likes to, you know, to dance around with his teammates, have some fun with his teammates. I mean, he's one of those guys that is pretty light and mild-mannered in the locker room. You know, I, a lot of times with reporters, will sort of put his, when you're asking him a question, he'll, like, put his own name on your shoulder as he answers. And uh, pretty mild-mannered, uh, you know, uh, guy and, and uh, who likes to have a good time and all that, but when, you know, also one of those guys that uh, when it comes to, you know, when it's business time, he's a different guy. He goes into a different level and, and uh, you know, like the best ones do. And I think we saw that over the years. Um, and uh, I think he'll fit in just well. They won't have any, you know, any problems with how he fits into the locker room. I mean, he was a very well-liked and well-respected teammate in Baltimore. 
Well, and when you get the amount of money that he gets, you know, in the off season, you're expecting that guy as an organization to come in and be a leader for you. This is this is 2019, so this is the kind of thing we have to parse now. But every draft pick that the Packers made, Zadarius Smith on Twitter, welcomed them to the team. Is he the kind of guy that you think can be a leader for the Packers? You know, in in Baltimore, he didn't have to be as much. You have Terrell Suggs. You have these guys that have sort of been through it. But can do you think he can elevate himself as a leader on a new team like this? Sure, sure. Uh, I, I think he can. And, um, you know, you said it best that this is a Ravens team that's had a veteran defense, you know, almost the entire time that he's been there. Uh, Terrell Suggs, ever since Ray Lewis and Ed Reed moved on in 2012, Terrell Suggs has been the face of the Ravens defense and the voice of it, too. And then you throw guys like Jimmy Smith, um, who's been there for a while, and C.J. Mosley into the mix as homegrown Ravens who kind of accepted that leadership role and were on the field every snap. And then you add some of the veterans they brought in. Eric Weddle is one of the better defensive leaders in football. So you add all that in, and, and you just never, you know, he never really had to embrace that role. He wasn't on the field every snap. Um, you know, uh, you know, he obviously played a lot this past year, but the previous two years, he wasn't on the field all the time. So uh, you, you didn't expect him to sort of jump into that role, but um, I think he's more than capable of it. He's got a good personality. Um, he plays with an intensity. He's not a guy that takes plays or games off. So I think all the, you know, the, all the intangibles are there for him to do it. And I think he learned. I mean, I'm sure he was very close with Terrell Suggs. I mean, as we saw with, with him accepting the number and, and, and wearing 55 and all that, um, with Green Bay, I, you know, he, he loved Suggs. He's sort of a mentor to him. And I think Terrell Suggs led the Ravens for a long time. He saw how for all these years the identity of the Ravens uh, has really been as a defensive, physical uh, identity. Um, that's kind of been the city. That's kind of been this team. And, and so he, he knows how he knows how it's done. He knows how it looks. So there's no reason he can't uh, emerge as, as a factor in the leadership facet for Green Bay. Yeah. Last thing here. Um, you know, I think one of the questions that that fans always want to know is, you know, when when a player leaves. What was the what was the circumstances that led to that? Was this a case in Baltimore where they just felt like they were going to get priced out of the Zadarius Smith market? Would they have been happy to bring him back at a lower number based on based on what you know and and the, the tea leaves here? What was your read on that part of it? Yeah, um, it's a classic case of you know how the Ravens do things, and and you know you mm-hmm. guys are quite familiar with it. Um, Ravens really value comp picks. Uh, I know Ted Thompson was big on them too. And uh, every offseason, they sort of look at guys and and have a couple guys they definitely want to resign and they're really work to resign. And then another guys will kind of take back if the price is right. They'd like to have back in a perfect world, but they, you know, this is a team that, you know, they're about to hit a really nice patch for the salary cap, which is. Uh, you know, a testament to having a rookie quarter, a quarterback on a rookie deal, but they've been in salary cap, hat, you know, hell for like a word for a lot of years now. So um, mm-hmm. they can't pay everyone, and this was one of these cases where, uh, look, we'd love to have Zadarius back, um, but it just doesn't really make sense with the amount of money he's going to get. Um, so this is a guy we got that with a fourth round pick out of Kentucky. 
Jupiter on some winning teams for four years, and now we're going to get a third-round pick, Tom pick back for him. So we like those odds. So I just think, um, you know, with certain guys that they know, um, you know, are going to just hit it big on the on the free agent market, I don't think they do a whole lot of chasing in that case to try to bring him back. And I just think they did prioritize C.J. Mosley this year. That was the guy they wanted to get back. They they have three other young pass rushers in Judon, Tyus Bowser, Tim Williams that – you know, Judon's kind of following in his Darius Smith, uh, you know, mold. And uh, the other two guys are day two draft picks that haven't panned out so far. But they feel like they are they have some young pass rushers to develop, and it just wasn't a proper use of their money to spend all that on a pass rusher. And that's when um, that's when they just basically say, look, thanks for everything, but uh, you deserve it. Go get what, you're, go get what you can get. And uh, the Darius certainly cashed out big. But they would have taken him back, but at nowhere near that number. I don't think they valued him that high, and, and I also don't think they thought it would be feasible to, to, to pay him that type of contract, and they didn't want to prevent him from hitting it big. Yeah. The the, uh, the cap hell, hell, I don't want to name any names on why that happened, but it rhymes with Joe Flacco. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, I, yeah. I, th- thanks for coming on the show. Let my listeners know where they can find more of the work that you do. Yeah, I'm writing for The Athletic in Baltimore. Uh, so, you know, theathletic.com. I, I know the, the fella uh, that you have covered the Packers from there, uh, Michael. So, uh, you know, it's a good site to cover the and you subscribe and you get access to every team and every sport. So there's some exciting things uh, going on uh, now, uh, you know, for, you know, all around the NFL. So it's going to be a fun season, and I uh, can't wait to get started again. Sounds good, Jeff. I appreciate you taking the time today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Have a good, uh, have a good summer. All right, I want to thank Jeff for coming back on the show and remind you that today's show is brought to you by Grip6, where their goal is literally to make the belt that's never, ever been made. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and even moms and wives Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super comfortable. Grip 6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. Grip 6 has a special offer code when you go to grip6.com slash lock, L-O-K-E, lock. We're going to be back tomorrow, and the Rashawn Gary episode is going to drop Wednesday. I think it's important that you know that ahead of time because you are not going to want to miss this conversation with his defensive coordinator at the University of Michigan. So that's coming on Wednesday. We still have the Jay Sternberger rookie orientation. We still have the Kingsley Kiki rookie orientation. I'm working on booking the Dexter Williams rookie orientation. So we are going to complete that journey And once we get to Zedaria Smith, we're going to complete that journey as well. So a lot to get to. And I'm going to have Jason Hershorn on the show next week, I think, to talk about guys on the fringes, guys who are are going to be fighting to make this team, guys we think could make this team who maybe aren't on the radar. So a lot of fun discussions still to come. I know it is we're getting into late May here, and and training camp is weeks away still. Actual on-field hitting in football is still weeks away, and the season is months and months away, it seems. But there is still going to be so much to talk about, so make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, Stitcher. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. I promise you, 
You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. And we're definitely going to get to your questions. I've been getting some good ones lately, so keep sending those in at the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 in the offseason and anytime. It's the best way to stay Locked on Packers.